1: You can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss.
0: Hello again, and welcome to My Time Capsule. I'm Mike Fenton-Stevens. In this podcast, I ask various guests to tell me the five things from their life they would like to keep safe in a time capsule. They can choose anything that is personal to them from any time in their life, but they can only choose four things that they treasure or love. The fifth thing has to be something they either regret or find embarrassing or unjust. My guest this week is the writer and actor Darren Lytton. Darren began his career as what some people call a jobbing actor, which is not bad. At least he was an actor with a job. After leaving the Central School of Speech and Drama, he appeared in Green Greenwing, Spaced, French and Saunders, Doc Martin, EastEnders and Casualty. But his career changed when his college friend, Catherine Tate, asked him to write some sketches for her show. He ended up performing in the show and co-writing it. It was a sketch written for, but rejected by that show, that developed into his massive solo project, Benidorm, for ITV. This ran for ten series and was a huge hit, winning a BAFTA and seven National Television Awards. He's also written episodes of Not Going Out and the Only Fools and Horses spin-off, Green Green Grass, as well as the BBC comedy series Scarborough. Most recently, he opened a Benidorm-themed bar, Mateo's Bar, near his home, in Benidorm. And that's a bar I am definitely going to visit one day, once they lift the ban. hmm, You know the one I mean. The ban on singing Sweet Caroline on the karaoke. Anyway, here's the lovely Darren Lytton, and our chat. Well, Darren, how lovely to have you on My Time Capsule. It's very nice to be here. You're very welcome. I'm delighted to have you, actually, because uh, I've always found you one of the nicest people to talk to.
2: And I'm astonished to be here because I'm the least famous person that you've ever talked
0: to. Oh, give to. me time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think some people will be uh, excited to hear what you've, what you've chosen. And uh, if you're ready, let's see what you've put in there.
2: Yes, I am ready. That's and brilliant. And the first thing I'd like to put into this time capsule is a meeting. That I had. I mean, I met somebody, mm-hmm. and and I spent some time with them. And I only spent probably about three minutes with them, but I clearly could have stayed a lot longer. I wasn't imposing, and I wish I'd stayed longer. Now, this person—it uh, was a singer called Jimmy Scott, who very few people have heard of. Jimmy Scott. Um... I
0: don't. I've not heard of Jimmy Scott.
2: No, he started his career as Little Jimmy Scott. And he's, he's an American jazz singer, and he was kind of... I think it was even possibly the late 30s he started, certainly the 40s and 50s. Wow. And his story is incredible. He had Callum Syndrome, which is a, a genetic disorder mm. that limited his physical growth. Hence tiny, little. Very tiny, hence the little. Yeah. Uh, and his voice, the first time I heard him singing, I thought, oh, my God, who is this singer? She's fantastic. Because he has a very high voice, uh, yeah. and then over the years he got a, a lot of sort of celebrity followers, but not until not until the '90s when he sort of had a comeback. Mm. He was under a well, like pe- Bob Monkhouse. <laughs> well, well, funnily <laughs> enough, Bob Monkhouse obviously sustained his work over his whole career, yeah. and we all have sort of peaks and troughs and stuff. But Jimmy Scott was under a terrible contract. I think Ray Charles's uh, record label, Tangerine Records. And in those days, in the forties, basically, a lot of the black singers—they yeah. would cut an album, they'd borrow a hundred dollars, and they'd pay the hundred dollars back over ten years. Wow. So they'd never make any money. No. They'd never, and because of because Jimmy Scott did look a bit odd, or he didn't look what we would say, you know, particularly aesthetically. You know, so they didn't put him on his first album. They put this very beautiful woman with a huge afro uh, that sort of took up most of the album and looked very striking and beautiful. And it said Jimmy Scott. So they assumed Jimmy Scott was this woman. So he never got any recognition. (laughs) And he just kind of, he did a couple of albums... He, so he, he went into obscurity. I think he went to work in a supermarket or something like that. And then eventually, I think it was in the late 80s or early 90s, he sang, he was asked to sing at Doc Pomus, is a, a lyricist, songwriter. He wrote, I think he wrote Viva Las Vegas for Elvis Presley mm-hmm. and, and various other songs. So Jimmy Scott sang at this guy's funeral and there were record label people there. And they went, is that Jimmy? You know, the people that could remember, is that little Jimmy Scott? Because, of course, he would be, like, 60 then, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, Still singing this very high... I mean, the, to hear his voice, it's almost like a lament. People say, oh, you can hear the, the struggle, the, 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 the life this person has lived in their mm. voice. Mm. I think Madonna and Joe Pesci, who became sort of celebrity fans um, in the 90s after his resurgence, said he was the only singer that could make them cry. Wow. Anyway, so I went to see Jimmy Scott at the jazz cafe... In Camden, asked a couple of mates, Ooh, Jimmy, who? Oh, no, I'm all right. <laughs> well, he's a jazz singer. He's a 67-year-old jazz singer. Oh, can't, can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, in fact, do you know what? I had two tickets. Somebody was coming with me and they blew me out at the last minute. And I was like, oh, I, don't, I don't mind. So I went and he was amazing. He was amazing. And then... After there's, I don't, I've not been to the jazz cafe since, I don't know, but there's an upper level which is accessible to everyone, it's just another, you know, part of the club. Yeah, and then after the set, I was sort of hanging about, I thought, I wonder if he's going to come through. I'd taken, like a little fanboy, my box set to ask him to sign. Of course, no phone cameras those days, no, no selfie madness, you know. There's always
0: there are always a few people in the world who you don't care, do you? you just want the, that oh, signature.
2: This person, like such a legend. Weirdly, we were talking about my show Benidorm, which ran for ten years. The only person or people I ever asked for a selfie with. Now we had Joan Collins, Silver Black, you know, yeah. Tony Hadley, you Hale know Haylan
0: Pace.
2: Pace Shane. <laughs> <genuinely>. Um <laughs> But we had so many people. I bumped
0: into Gareth or Norman on the train the other or day.
2: Or Norman. <laughs> That's right. Wasn't it a terrible when that you say, OK, travelling now, uh, going in this car, I hail and pace. And he's like, sorry, sorry, we've got names. We <laughs> yeah, have yeah, got yeah. names. Um, so, sorry, go, go know, ahead. No, um, no. Oh, yeah, the Wait. only person I've ever a selfie with. Yeah. The Crankies. <laughs> <laughs> I've never asked anybody else. Brilliant. Uh, so I'm standing there in the jazz cafe, and he walks in... To, to this top bit with a couple of people, not loads of people, just two people, and they sort of chatting. I thought, right, I'll go up, and if they're just deep in conversation, that like I, you know, mind my own business. I'll just yeah. go home. Yeah. Blah blah blah. So I went upstairs, and I think I waited, not you know, I didn't wait next to them. I sort of hid in the shadows for about ten minutes, and then the person that was talking to him was talking to somebody else, and he was just sitting there, and I thought, oh god. Dare I? Anyway, so I got my CD case out, the box set and the pen went over. I said, oh, Mr Scott, I'm so sorry to bother you. Would you mind uh, signing this? And he went, sit down, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and we sat and we chatted for about three or four minutes. And I was a bit in awe. So, like, I, you know, I didn't want to sound like I was interviewing him or anything like that. No. But, but he was so comfortable and nobody else was talking to him. He would, clearly would have quite happily sat and chatted for so ages. So, did you
0: break the conversation off? Did you sort of go, Well, I've taken enough of your time? Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. I said, Oh, well, I better go. Somebody got, you'd always, always. I've got have college gone. in the morning. I was at drama school. Uh, I said, Oh, I've got a. What are you studying, baby? Um, he's like sort of one of these, almost like a sort of Sammy Davis Jr., sort of trapped in the sort of 60s, you know, well, sort of, Hey, that's yeah, a groovy do, baby sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm studying drama. Oh, good luck with it. Good luck. Do you sing? I said, no, no, I don't sing. Oh, well, good luck with it. I said, oh, thank you. And I literally, I, in fact, I lived in Swiss Cottage and I didn't get the bus home. I walked home. You know when they that phrase, I walked on air? Oh, my God, I'm getting actually emotional thinking about it. (laughs) I skipped home and I listened on my little headphones, uh, on my, you know, Walkman Cassette Walkman or whatever it was. Mm. I listened to... Um, and if I can recommend one album to start with, Falling in Love is Wonderful is an incredible album, but the one he did in the 90s, which were all covers, I th- I'm pretty sure it's called Holding Back the Years. And if it's, if it's not, that's the main track on it. Yeah. And he sings these songs, and he sings quite slow. So he does he does Nothing Compares to You, which I think is about five minutes. It's about 12 <laughs> minutes when he sings it. But it's... a. Uh, Oh, it's good if you're, if you're feeling depressed. It's a real, they'll a real wrist take, slasher. They'll fabulous. will take you right over the
0: edge. <laughs> <laughs> but you've always been a champion of, uh, of, of singers that sort of come out from offside, haven't you? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of, of, in Benidorm, you would you were constantly finding
2: people. Oh, I see, in, in Benidorm, to, yeah. Um, well, I just thought, if you're going to do a show about Benidorm, what better than to show people that actually sing there on the cabaret circuit? Yeah. And then people can go on holiday to Benidorm and go, oh, wow, look. And not there's, that, that sing know, well. Yeah, exactly. People yeah. sort
0: of assume that there's a there's a, a a low standard. And I don't think ever you should judge people's standards by their success necessarily, because as we know, there have been incredibly well, that, successful people
2: who really aren't very good. And there's also the question: what is success? Yes. Is success making a living, doing what or you is love, success no. singing to audiences that love you? Yeah. Whether you're doing it for free or not. Yes. Quite. I have a, a sort of connection with a lot of Elvis tribute artists, as they're called, not impersonators. ETAs. Yeah. What's yes. the ETA on the ETA? And there's a guy. Um, who's the
0: main one in Benidorm that we went to
2: see? Who's? Oh, uh, that probably was Simon Patrick. I that's think right, the slightly yeah. younger one. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's a, a couple of others. Who's uh, amazing, isn't he? Do you know what the? the I mean, it's terrible. To say, but even the bad ones are good <laughs> for slightly different reasons. Yeah. But there's a guy who. Um, Darren Jones, I think his name. I think his full name is Darren Graceland Jones. <laughs> it's wonderful. And he sings in old people's homes. Mm. And you know, you can snigger at that saying, an Elvis impersonator that, that just sings in old people's homes, dig on. And you see him, footage of him singing in an old people's home, and people with Alzheimer's that don't know what day it is no. sing along with every word yes. of the, each song, and you say, is that success?
0: Uh, it, it, I think it is, is that not
2: worth it? Yeah. Yes, I know. So I would like that conversation being in time capsule, but can I make it longer? Yeah, you can Honestly. stay there and
0: chat for... for I can, all
2: night? For, yeah.
0: Okay, So good. he says, he says, hey, we should go out. Come we should on. have dinner, Come yeah. on, let's go. Let's grab some okay, dinner, dinner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. i got a friend in Hollywood.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: oh, no, no, it's not about me.
0: It's not about me. It's all about him.
2: <laughs> uh, brilliant. Which drama school did you go to? I went to... As we hilariously put it, the Central School of Screech and Trauma—that's <laughs> what we called it. So yeah, I think I was probably in my. Do you know what? I think it was the same year that I went to see Frank Sinatra, not at the Jazz Cafe at the Docklands Arena, and again nobody would go with me. No, <laughs> I remember the ticket was eighty quid, and like I was saying to people, I'm going to go see Frank Sinatra. Like, is he still alive? That's what they first said, wow, yeah. and I said, yeah, yeah. Fancy? Oh yeah, yeah. Don't mind. I'm, you know. Wednesday on, yeah, it's 80 quid a ticket. This yeah. was in, like, 1990. No.
0: Nah. Well, that was, that was That was your weekly, <laughs> that was your monthly rent.
2: Yeah. yeah, exactly. I saved and saved and saved. So, yeah, I think it was a, it was a good year. That, that was a good year. That year for... I would have liked to have seen Frank Sinatra. And I sneaked a bottle of Jack Daniels in. Jack Daniels was the drink that Fraction had. And the, the, the concert was in the round. And I was kind of fairly near the front. I'd say about 10 rows from the front. But I was on the aisle... So it was like close so, enough to see his toupee move. Well, he walked. He was three feet away from me because, of course, wow. it's in the round. So yeah, the, of course, the aisle, the, the the walkway for him to get there, which was on, it wasn't raised. It was on uh, where the level of the seating. Yeah. So he walked straight past, and actually, he was quite old, and his hair looked like a brillo pad. <laughs> his face was orange, and his tongue was red. I don't know if he had a. A lolly or something. I got it, but his tongue was bright red. His teeth were snow white. He looked like an umpalumpy, like nothing. (laughs) I was like, Jesus God. And then he got on stage under like four, there's a a follow spot on each corner, like a a boxing ring sort of, you know, lighting rig. Under those lights, he just looked like Frank Sinatra. Yeah. So, yes.
0: And then... In, Beautiful suit, I should imagine.
2: In, well, he very famously... We're not in my office now, but if we were in my office, you'd see all my Frank Sinatra books, so I have read everything about him. And one of the things that he... Uh, I know that in interviews he confirmed was when he put on a suit, he would walk like the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz to the stage because he said, ''Nobody wants to see me in a crumpled suit.'' Yeah, uh, it's true. Yeah.
0: Um, he always looked fantastic. Didn't he? So I think,
2: after, I think after my way or something, whatever, I sneaked this bottle of Jack Daniels in. It wasn't for me to drink, it was to give to him. And I went up and put it on the stage. And he, uh, anyway, I'd love, to, I'd love to have a great anecdote. And, yeah, he, just lo- and he just looked and went, thanks. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> hey, and then a bit later, back after, we'll do you know what? It. And then a bit later, a very beautiful woman went up and put a bottle of Jack Daniels on the stage, smaller than mine, and he did five minutes with her. Yeah. You see? No. <laughs> That's the way they were. That's the way they were. He
0: knew where his bread was buttered. Exactly. Even at 107. <laughs> Brilliant. So what's your second item? Is this a nice item? Or something you want to visit or, or want to have again? Or, is, or are you going I down the danger? Well, I
2: can't route? have it again. As they say, you know, you, you only get one chance to make a first impression sort of thing. So this is my first big laugh ah. that I got. Uh, I'm currently, I would. if anybody asked me what I did for a living, I'd say I'm a, uh, a writer. And then I guess after that I'm an actor. Mm-hmm. I was an actor uh, and trained as an actor. Before that, I was a magician. And I was a professional magician. My own, I lived in a magician for about a year and a half. But before all that, when it was just my hobby when I was a kid... I was about 15 and i was in the wizard of oz at the Hornsey floral hall Hornsey in, in east yorkshire not in oh, yeah london.
0: no no down london way good heavens no
2: um <laughs> and um it was an amateur production of the wizard of oz and i played the wizard and most people at the end of it said oh that was good how you got that you know that, that sort of bloke to age up and they went you know the bloke was 15 and they went we thought you were about 35. <laughs> um, and so I was aged up as the wizard. And um, anyway, and I did a trick in that. I said, "Oh, well, I'm the wizard. Why don't I do, you know, and it was like some, it was like a flash and something appeared. I can't remember what. So after that, the same people said, oh, we're doing a fundraising concert. It, the main thing is a band. Would you do just, just five minutes, you know? Mm. And I said, oh, yeah, definitely. So I did two tricks that are quite good, but you can just buy them off the peg sort of tricks. Yeah. Um, but my first big laugh, I thought, well, I'm doing these tricks. I said, in between, I tried to do... I was doing a lot of old jokes. There was a band behind me sitting there. So I was doing the whole, you know, I've seen better bands on a cigar. And you remind me of Glenn Miller. I wish you'd get on a plane and fucking disappear. <laughs> uh, and all that sort of thing. I didn't, I didn't say the F word, actually. I was about 14, 15. Yeah. So the first big woofer, do you know what I mean? Big yeah, laugh yeah. of my career, and might have been the last time, I <laughs> need to check, was, and it was completely... Off the cuff. And I said, you know, it's all fine doing these magic tricks. You know, I'm not properly talented like these singers and everybody else you've got. Oh, I can do an impression, actually. I can do one impression. And I said, Joe Johnson. Now, Joe Johnson was a Um, snooker player. Yeah. Which was on all the time. Of course, then there was only, like, three channels or whatever. So, uh, you know. Everybody knew. Everybody was watching it. And I just put my head down. I've got very heavy... Eyebrows, uh, dark eyebrows, which were even more pronounced in those days, and I sort of put my head down and I just wiggled my eyebrows up and down, which this snooker player used to go down and these eyebrows... <laughs> you, it's not very good for a podcast, this, but no, my, no, my no. eyebrows looked like two energetic caterpillars at the moment going up <laughs> and down and up and down. I did that, and it was a... Everything else got, you know, laughs where I thought they would. Uh, it's such a silly thing... An actual, the whole, and I think it was a combination, the fact that I looked about 12, I'd been doing whatever it was. So, yes, I'd like to keep that in the time capsule. So what is it about
0: that that thrills you then? Is is that you you suddenly went... It was just a surprise.
2: It was just a surprise because I always knew um, I was a member of the whole magician's circle. I would do stuff from like, you know, 12 or 13... And I always was the one that said, and, you know, I suppose it's it still counts, but it was a bit of a gimmick then. I was always the one that would say something that would push the envelope a bit too far. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd come on, and they'd be like a magician that everybody tolerated. His act was appalling, and we do and, and we put the put the, put the, head, put the um, in chief. Oh no, that's yeah. the wrong bag, and, and <laughs> that sort of thing. Oh, God. And like, so I'd gone after him, and I'd say, "Thank you for, thank you to Roger Strawn. Um They do say, you know, he's a hard act to follow, and I've got to say, I couldn't follow a bloody word of it. <laughs> and I would say that at like twelve. Yeah. So I was used to getting a sort of delayed laugh. Yeah. Because they were quite...
0: And, and not expecting you to be funny, I suppose.
2: Well, not expecting to be funny, and also not expecting me to be so rude about people. <laughs> like in those days, you expected it from people like Joan Rivers, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like not a 12-year-old kid. Uh, and also, it was the, probably the biggest audience I'd played to uh, to the, that point, you know. Mm. But there must have been 400 people there. Brilliant. Oh, that's a big noise, isn't it? It's play. a big noise, and also when people you can hear people didn't expect to laugh as well. So that catches the best them, way. yeah, by surprise. So yeah, so that was my first. Ever I mean, people big often laugh.
0: talk about actors wanting applause, but actually, I always think that applause is sort of in a way slightly automatic. It comes. It's come kind it's expected. You, where it's you have to do to really
2: badly not to get applause. Yeah. You know, yeah, for everybody to sit there and stare at you. Yeah, you right hold around. your arms out and you get, you know, applause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to get laughs, and you, an, can't, an you laugh can't make as well, you people know. laugh. You know, no, you can You can make you can make yeah. them
0: applaud. No, people you, will laugh politely. But a big wolf is always, you've caught them by surprise, completely. Yeah.
2: I didn't really have, you know, when people sort of go, and that's when I knew <laughs> I wanted to be a professional <laughs> asshole for the rest of my life. I, uh, no, I was just, oh, God, and I thought, well, there you go. And, of course, I never did that again, because I was never asked <laughs> to no. do any
0: sort of... So at 12 years old, that that's, means that's natural timing... Yeah. you know, And some people do have that, don't they? I mean, you find you see children who've
2: got absolutely natural time. Completely. I remember being at a magic convention um, at Blackpool and this little kid came on stage and, I mean, he must have been nine or ten. And he... Do you know who it was? It was Andy Nyman's son. Really? It was Preston Nyman. Yeah. And he came on. What they'd done is... He was dressed in like velvet bow tie, frilly shirt. He was dressed like Bernard Manning, basically. <laughs> but he was ten, and he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't doing you know blue material, but he was doing an old man's act, and he was ten. And and I, and I guess that was the gimmick. I've never asked yeah. her, Andy actually, but um, but what you can't teach is the timing. No, and he had the timing. That's what was the talk of the convention. Yeah, sometimes it's very annoying. I did once work with a. Childhood,
0: the director said to him, you know, but it's sincerity is my middle name. And he said, what's your first name? In? <laughs> 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 you did, that's something you want to slap, not something you want to admire. Um, I'd, i I saw um, Jason Manfred, who you've worked with yeah. Scarborough, who I think I've always admired. I think he's a very funny man. Yes, But uh, he did a new um, quiz show on the BBC, and he did a joke in that, which I immediately put into the back of my brain. Oh, good, which yes. Which was, uh, have you ever played... Uh, blindfold darts. And he says, oh, you don't know what you're missing."
2: <laughs> That's brilliant. Good joke, isn't it? That? That's very good. Yes. Yeah. Do you know? Um, do, can you remember jokes?
0: I, can't. I I have a have I've become much better at it. I've got this habit, particularly with pantomime, of that, that repeating to myself. Well, there a lot, you go. Yeah. And pentomime. shoving them in the back of my head. Yeah. You need so that few, they're there. Yeah. You know, I can I can draw
2: on them. I had the only one I can ever remember is you know. Uh, oh, no, I've forgotten it. Um, <laughs> no, and that wasn't a joke. And literally, <laughs> there was one. You know when people say, tell a joke? Yeah. And, of course, you know, you don't Oops. want to. I literally have forgotten it. Anyway. <laughs> <No. I> occasionally, <laughs> I'd write a
0: joke for pantomime rather than nick it, you know, because uh, pantomime is a is a great source of uh, theft, unfortunately. Well, yeah. Oh, you know.
2: you're telling me, when we did the Catherine Tate show, uh, which I was a main writer on, yeah. stuff that I'd written... That year and, like, the next year, I'd sit and was like, oh, my goodness. That's right. Literally just, they're doing the sketch. I've
0: I've had the same thing. I've written routines for Panto. and then seen another Panto. I saw one of them at the uh, National Theatre. It was uh, Mm -hmm. marvellous. I won't tell you. I guess.
2: But I'm sure you can work it out. Yes, I'm sure. (laughs) I guess you sort of, if you put them, it's a bit like, it's it's going into the public domain. If you you put it into a Panto, you know it's going to be, hopefully, it's a compliment. If it's passed on throughout the generations,
0: that, that, like that is the way Panto's gone, Yeah. yes. Yeah. But, I mean, certainly with routines, you would think people would go, that's a good routine, we'll do something like that at works, you know. But And not many of them are new, they've been going on for hundreds of years. Yeah, of course, them? yeah. You know. But, just, I mean, I had a joke, uh, uh, staying in a lovely hotel, the woman said to me, would you like a wake-up call? I said, yes, please. She said, you're old, you're fat, and you've done nothing with your life. <laughs>
2: It's funny. I've got to say it's funny because it's true. It's that's not kind of true at all. You. You're not well, a pounder, boy, huh? unlike myself. So, <laughs> that, so that was. So that's my first big laugh. Now my next one is a bit of a cheat. Yes, please. See. Because it cheat away.
0: Right, we've come to the point where we take a short break in this podcast for an advert. We'll be back in a moment.
2: all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
0: Welcome back. Okay, let's get back to Darren Lytton and find out what else he would like to put in his time capsule.
2: It's my first big gasp. (laughs) Oh <laughs> really? I don't mean me running for the bus. I mean because I was a magician. When you do something and the audience, and you get a can't gasp. It. See, that's wow. quite uh, that's quite amazing. It's nothing like a laugh. Obviously, no. it's completely no. different. Anyway, so this first big gasp that I got again might have been the last one. Um, was for a school assembly. We were doing like a commercial, like a living commercial mm. for probably a pantomime or something for the school. I would imagine I'd be about 11 or something. Wow. So myself and Philip Higginbottom Mm -hmm. were, were told to do this. Will you do an advert for the show? And I said, well, why don't we do a magic trick each, just one each, and say, now we've got your attention, please come see the, you know, Goldilocks and Three Bears and blah, blah, blah. So Philip had a tube, say like a drain pipe, Okay, mm-hmm. about uh, a foot long and sprayed silver. So he looked through the tube to the audience, look through the drain pipe, nothing in the drain pipe, then pulls out a long handkerchief, big headscarf. Yeah. Okay. Now, The thickness of the drain pipe, you could have got a double-decker bus in there. So (laughs) Philip Higginbotson did not get the gas. Uh, That was polite applause. He got polite applause, which was good because it set me up for them going, ah, this is crap. Yeah. And their kids, let's... No expectation. No expectation. So he gives me this, hat not a tiny little silk scarf that you can push into your fist, uh, like a headscarf. Yeah. Huge. And I'm a kid, so I've got, you know, small hands. So I start pushing this huge handkerchief in my hand. Then we get to the point where my hand's getting bigger and bigger because it can't hold the handkerchief. So I'm saying, I'm not sure this is all going to disappear in one go. Sort of yeah. thing. <laughs> Eventually, get the whole handkerchief, well, the headscarf, into my hand, push up my sleeve with my free hand, and then I just turn my hand around and it's empty. Wow. And the That's and I would genuine... Guess gasp because it hardly fit into my hand yeah there was no it couldn't fit into any sort of device or little contraption or it was there's nothing there it's just your arm there's and i push you push up your sleeve, sleeve. so yeah. it's not going up the sleeve you open your hand and, it, and it's gone and that gasp i would like to put in the tiny capsule <laughs> because do you know what i don't think there has been another one no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but i don't do magic anymore oh so. yeah no absolutely what a fantastic thing But I I agree I think it just would be lovely to be there again with any of these things wouldn't it just to just in a way it would be nice to be the person sitting at the back of the hall watching your young
2: self well you know I read a great quote today Brian Blessed and he says I can't wait to wake up in the morning and be me (laughs) that's lovely and I thought if we could all have a bit more of that Attitude, yeah. you know, rather than bleh, when we look in the mirror. Well, I'm sure playing. to be
0: Brian Blessed. You'd have to love being him, because he. What is full of...
2: <laughs> Yes, you'd. Yes, or, or you'd get exhausted. You'd you
0: wear yourself out very quickly, <laughs> and nobody could use that many swear words in a sentence. No, he's <laughs> famous for it, isn't he? Oh, that's beautiful, though. I'm not going to ask you how you did this trick.
2: Well, you, I, co- I mean, you wouldn't tell I'm, me anyway. But- I'm still a member of the Magic Circle, so, so of yes, course I wouldn't so tell you. But, uh, but, I, but say- I know that if I,
0: if I saw that trick, if I was sitting there, if I saw an 11-year-old boy mm. do that, I would
2: gasp. I think the great thing is, the ex- first of all, the expectations are low because we were kids. Yeah. And then I, we, we didn't set it up like this, but his trick was so crap that, that you know, there's no, oh, you can watch a magician. Oh, right, okay, sit forward in my seat. I um, mean, he's not going to get away with this. I'm going to see everything. First of all, two kids come on. Oh, there you go. First one, oh, bless. You know, mm. it's terrible. So the, there's n- zero expectation. Yeah. I, do you know? It's not a case of me wanting to go to the time capsule and relive it or anything. No, I just want it to be there. Yeah,
0: just to know it's there. <laughs> to know just it's a case of peek, but open it up and smell the air.
2: Yeah, just press play every now and again.
0: <gasps> oh, very nice. Sorry, what, I gotta find a gasp somewhere on an audience thing. I'm gonna record it and send it to you. It won't be as good. <laughs> 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 Brilliant. Uh where are we? So that's We're three. You've yeah. put three things in the time capsule. I have. I've only got oh, one wow. I've only got one good one left. Oh, only one good one. Do you want to do good or bad? Do you want to save good bad for last or
2: I'll let's do the other good one. Saving the worst well, for it, last. It, well this it's kind good. of it's good and it's bad. It depends the way you want to look at it. Okay. I would like to have in the time capsule uh some hair. Not uh, not any old hair, my hair, Uh, which I had once. uh, (laughs) And do you know what? The reason I'm saying this is because it's something I don't think about at all. I genuinely don't think about it, you know, and and in fact, when anybody ever, if anybody ever says, if anybody's late and they say, I was doing my hair, I just think, oh, well, there you go. That's why um, I'm always early, I suppose. Um, But as you asked... Mike, mm-hmm. as you asked, I will put in the time capsule my very luscious dark head of hair, and well, how does it work? How does the time capsule work? Can I go back and can, can I go back and have, a, and have a night out with my hair?
0: Yeah, I think so. I don't see any reason why not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, it's
0: there for you to have, so you can take it out the go. And say, I'm going. To, I want it back now. Okay.
2: That's it. I've had it. So there you want to put it back on. But up, the only the only reason, and it sounds like the lady doth protest too much, but <laughs> the only reason I'm doing it is because I just don't think about it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And this, with so many people I spoke to them the other day. Who was going to? They said, "Oh, I'm I'm getting the hair transplant," and of course, of course, I went. Well, as long as you're not going to Turkey when they all do that, went, Yeah, I'm going to Turkey. And was like, oh, well, I'm sure they. I'm sure they do a few good ones, but yeah, that's the other thing. If somebody said, um, "For
0: for half a million pounds, if we can put it back," you'd go,
2: "Oh, if they you make back and it's there the and it's not it was, going anywhere and it doesn't yeah. look rubbish, yeah, it, it looks, looks like, like it was. Oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah." No, yeah. no, yeah, I would. You would, but that doesn't exist. No, it doesn't exist. So no. I have no, in- no. Well, at the moment. At the moment, it doesn't exist. Who knows? And for me, it would be really strange because I, you are you. Well, do you know it's really odd? Somebody said that they said exactly that the other week, and they said, "Oh, I don't think you look right with hair." Would- and then, I, and then, of course, I sort of thought, "Well, that's annoying because I've got hair. <laughs> I've just yes. not got much of it, no. and you can't really see it very well." But. It's terrible, because like, now I've said it, now I've vocalised it, they go, oh, God, he can't bear being bald. And it's like, no, it's actually fine. I've but,
0: never known you mentioned it. But never as even you,
2: known you think about it. I, I would mean, not ever think about it, but as you ask, OK. <laughs> okay I gave you the opportunity. <laughs> Don't blame me. You asked. <laughs> it's my so, fault. Yes. That, that I'll have my... Um, my hair was always not thin, as in thinning. And also, I didn't go actually bald... And my hair at the sides and the back is white anyway. You mm. know, very light. Um, not unlike yourself. Nothing wrong with that. Just that you've got um, nothing wrong with You've that. got a lot more of it. Um, I don't think I've got a lot more. I think it's more evenly spread. <laughs> As, as my act, the bill matter of my act, little spread thin. <laughs>
0: That's basically that um, my career.
2: Yeah, but no, I'm not going st- <laughs> to. I'm not going to start doing a comb over. I'm not going to get. Um, I wore a wig uh, in a in a play um, a, about a year ago, and and I I kept and I sort of <laughs> be blowing out my eyes as as, as a as a gag, as like an affectation. But I thought. Yeah, it's quite annoying here. Okay, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I would do? Even if this is the... this is Well, the, the, the point is, if I did have hair, I probably would have the same haircut.
0: You'd, probably, you'd shave it all <laughs> Honest to God, but you'd be able to see it. it? <laughs> yes, but you'd sort of go, well, there'd be a thin veneer of it towards the front. There, I, there is, you
2: see, there is. Well, now, now, for
0: the first time, actually, <laughs> I'm looking at your head closely.
2: Without, yeah. See, uh, I don't think that people... And there is a lot even, of hair on There's on. quite a lot of hair on yeah. the... Back of my head, the sides of my head. But, of course, I cut it very, very short, and then... See, I have a feeling,
0: if I I shaved my head, it wouldn't look dissimilar. I've got a fairly thin
2: patch of there, and... Well, uh, of course, there's the other thing here. The other thing, I've I've got an acceptable-shaped head. A very nice-shaped head. Not very nice, but it's acceptable. It's very round. Some people...
0: Oh, frightening no, and sort some of people well, like trenches a, and dips yes, in it and those sorts of and
2: things and like a dumbbell you know what I mean sort of like goes in a bit and then out a bit like an egg timer oh, yeah. this awful no so I'm very I'm absolutely fine with not having hair but if it's in the time capsule I might go back and have a night out in the time capsule yeah and and have a bit of a flicky <laughs> a flicky fringy night so you when know.
0: did you have those nights then when did that when did that
2: stop I can tell you I just had short brown hair mm-hmm. and it was clearly not really thick but you wouldn't say oh got that poor unfortunate guy with hardly any hair it was just short yeah and then we were on. we were doing the Catherine Tate show and it was a sketch where I was in a shopping mall asking Catherine uh, she was an, it was an information desk and this woman who was terrible at giving all you know information to people and we rehearsed this and in the afternoon, and mm. then in the evening, the makeup woman said, "Do you want some of this on your hair?" And I went, "What is it?" She said, "Oh, it's like a sort of, it looked like pepper in like a sort of shake, sort of pepper pot." And I went, "What is it?" And she went, "We well, just shake it on, and it's um, you cover the bald patch." And I went, "I haven't got a bald patch." And she went, "Oh no, just under the studio lighting," she said, "it's literally." She didn't say these words, but it was like... And I'd looked, because I'd gotten to play, you wow. know, a playback. And a monk. it looks like a monkey's ass, yeah, on this... Uh, yeah, and so she sprinkled this, you know... I scarf. remember that
0: stuff, the, the thickness. Yeah. Well, see,
2: I remember it from the 80s. Mm. Paul Daniels used to advertise it. Yes. Um, I think so Terry a sh-
0: Wogan used it, supposedly.
2: Mm, I, think you, I think Terry used more than... <laughs> more eventually, than a,
0: eventually more than that, yes. <laughs> eventually
2: more than that. Wasn't it, I was told that Terry Wogan had four hairpieces. <laughs> they'd vary in he, and, uh, Yeah, and would circulate them. There's a Roald Dahl Apparently. short story,
0: I think, or in mean, one of those books about somebody on a boat who takes three weeks with him so that eventually he can go and get his hair cut. Goodness. Yeah, they have, a, they have the short at the beginning of the journey, it gets longer.
2: And of course, the other thing where um, a, a makeup uh, woman said to me uh, on a job, How are you doing? What we've been up to, you know, since the last series. And she said, Oh, should we did this thing for uh, morning TV. And Charlton Heston was on. And she said, He got in the chair with his wife. And he said, um, I think I'll just have a light trim, just just trim the edges. And she's thinking, He's wearing a wig. What am I going to do? <laughs> and and the timing, she said, was impeccable. She said, a, a qu- quick trim. So she put the cape around him. And just as she picked up the scissors, the wife said, You know what, honey? I think you're fine. I think you're good. I like it. Like and he that. said, No, you're right. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, yeah. No, this works. I think this works. And she said, We had we had to go, Oh, okay. That's. And it's okay, like. Okay, good. And she thought, Whose benefit so was that's... that for? Not from makeup art. She said, I can, no, no, can no, spot no, a wig <laughs> from a mile away. <laughs> How, weird. How extraordinary! So yes, I'll have a night out with um, a full head of hair. Lovely.
0: <laughs> you do hear those stories of, uh, of I know Mariah Aitken, who's a very tall actress. Yes, told me that yes. she was doing a play with Peter Bowles, mm. who's a very tall actor. Yes, and then he hurt his back, so he couldn't do it. And at the last minute, he had to find someone else. So they searched around for people and. Uh, Roger Moore had just finished or dropped out of Aspects of Love, yes. And so they said, to, "How tall is he?" And his agent said, "He's six foot two. And they said, "Great. Uh, would he be willing to do it?" And this is the money. And he said, "Yep, he's up for it." So next day, he turned up a rehearsal, and he was about five foot eleven. And she said, <laughs> "So at the first break, she said, I'm, I'm really—it's very embarrassing. I'm sorry, but your, your agent said you were six foot two. Yeah. And he said, "I am." And that was it. <laughs>
2: Uh, so so the, I guess the last...
0: Uh, we're, we've come to the to final item. We've hurtled to the final one. You can't put any more in. This has got to be a good one. This is it. You, can, you know, I like what you've got in there.
2: Oh, Did really? You? Yeah, Oh, I good, do. good. See, I don't know what... I, I, we were chatting before this, and I was laughing that I am... Of all the people that you're doing this podcast with, I am the only person I've never heard of. <laughs> um, so I, I was a bit worried, really. Um, and probably rightly so, because this last one is... It's not great. It's a bit rubbish. But I thought of other things, and I was like, no, I'm sorry, I've got to say this because it infuriates me more than anything, and it remains the blight of conversation for the last few years, and it is starting sentences with the word, so... And every expert, like yourself, I listen to... It's just Radio 4 is just on all day and night. And Mm. it's it's whether I'm there or not. It's not that I put it on. It's just on. Yeah. And um, the amount of experts and not just, you know, here's somebody from... A gaming organisation. This twenty-two-year-old. No, no, no. This is people like from it, these the British are broadcasters. Broadcasters, people, you know, from the British Museum. You know, you know, in our time with Melvin Bragg, and here we have these incredible, you know, experts in their field. Experts in their field and learned people starting every bloody sentence with the word so. So what we and it's like. Even when it doesn't call for it. If you said how do you how do you make how do you make pastry? So the first thing you need, you kind of can you can accept you can that. that you know, yeah. When they say how many people got off the boat? Mm. So the number of people no, no, no not so. You don't need so. And it's people are completely unable to do anything but that. And it's I'm not a very you know, I'm a bit embarrassed the fact that I'm a writer for a living now, and I have no, I have very little education. I have no qualifications, so I'm not what you'd call an academic. I'm not a very, I'm, I'm certainly not a well-read person. Um, Apart from *Frank Sinatra*. I know everything about Frank Sinatra. Yes. But, you know, I remember John Sullivan, uh, when I worked for him, uh, I wrote a couple of episodes of... A, of a, uh, Green, a, Green, a Green Green Grass. Green Green Grass. And he was talking about Dickens, and I said, oh, I'd, I've never read Dickens. He went, what? You've never read Dickens? No, no. And the next time I saw him, he bought me a, a copy of A Christmas Carol. Yeah. He said, look, just, just start with that. Just start with that. And I went, oh, yes, I will. Never read, never read it. Never read it. It does go on a bit. It's about <laughs> three and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm, I probably... i probably I've got a recording read the it. first I've recorded thing. it, so oh, I'll send you? it to you. And then you can listen to it. I, I, yeah, maybe it's better to listen to it. But, um, but I agree. I mean, it's, every... it is verbose, Dickens. the yeah.
0: writing of that time would have been incredible. I think I verbose. remember. But they rarely started sentences with the
2: word so. You see, this is my point. And, and this, you know, there's there's no punchline to this. There's no anecdote. I've got no. This isn't a, this isn't the beginning to a bit of stand up or anything like that. I've, no, never, no. I've never done stand up. I'd rather die for goodness sake. Um, and I don't see it going away. No. No, it used to be
0: well. Well, and it sort of replaced the word. Well, people, it's a that's a sort of a thinking time, isn't it? It's a thinking but so time. So, so is just a it's not even, doesn't even give you that.
2: It doesn't even give anything you thinking time.
0: Well, it gives you time to think of an answer.
2: It's like, yeah, it's just an affectation. Mm. It's not even when politicians used to say, um, "Let me be absolutely clear." That's you know, let me be absolutely clear. You've yeah. had loads of time oh, to think of time something. to think of an answer. Now that's like you've got three or four options during that. Yeah, but yeah. so. What we do... He Doesn't help. No, it's terrible.
0: You knew the answer before you said the word
2: so. Do you know what? I was going to try and be really clever. And for each of these, I was going to start it with so. <laughs> and then the last one, then the last one I was going to say, if you go back and Yoli, look at this... I couldn't bring myself
0: to <laughs> do it! <laughs> How much you would have loathed yourself. Do you
2: know why? Because I thought somebody might have got three quarters of the way through and said, I'm not listening to this arsehole. <laughs> everything
0: He with can't so. even say
2: anything without using the word so. <laughs> I wanted to do that. Uh, and I thought, oh, how clever of me! But I thought, no, no because people, I hate it that much. I hate it that much, and God forbid, somebody, anybody I know listens to it and is like, oh my God, he's turned into one of those. So
0: there, there are affectations, or in fact, uh, just mannerisms of, of speech that uh, annoy me. You know, and I think they annoy lots of people. I, I find it, as a man of a certain age, uh, the use of like drives me mad but other people don't mind it at all Whereas i spent you mean all the t- at the end of a sentence or like- it was like it was i went into this like shop and bought a like dress well how like a dress was it it did, it did not have any not have any sleeves
2: you see when it? i think of the word used the use of the word like inappropriately i cuz i'm from yorkshire uh, it, they'd use it at the end of the word um, um you know people would say how old is he is about is about 38 like so it would be just a... But that's a, a sort of, I guess, I don't know if that's a colloquialism or I don't know what it is, but it's kind of accepted because that's how people... But in a way, it's the use of the like to to undermine what you're saying all the time, so... Is it a get-out-of-jail-free card? Because you said, no, no, I didn't say it was a dress. No, it wasn't was like. Like... <laughs> like, it was like a dress. I think it's it's the same as so. It's just something that, something just, that just drops e- in e- that you e- can't help. It's just habit,
0: really. But once you've found it, once you've found it... You can't get it you, it, ..you can't not hear it. That's the problem. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: I think the more... Because we work in television and we know that... And radio and all these mediums where we know if you're listening to somebody... Like, I can't stand my own voice in conversation kind of thing. I think <laughs> I would... I think I'll be all right once I'm edited. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not... But what I don't say is so at the beginning of every sentence and like three times within each sentence. Yes. Do you know what? I shall stop being so hard on myself. <laughs> no, don't do. <laughs>
0: don't be because it's been an absolute joy talking to you oh delightful
2: i was surprised and thrilled i think i think i I look at this as one step closer to desert island discs (laughs) yeah but there are about 50 steps so (laughs) (laughs) oh no uh, two or three at the most (laughs) (laughs) you'd be perfect (laughs) thank you mike i've really enjoyed it lovely thanks terry
0: You have been listening to My Time Capsule with me, Mike Fenton-Stevens, and my guest, Darren Litton. You can subscribe to this podcast on Acast, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. And we'd love it if you would rate us and leave a review. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You just search at MyTCPod or Mike Fenton-Stevens. That'll take you there. This podcast was produced by John Fenton Stevens, and the music is by Pass the Peas Music. It was a cast off production. So, until next time, hit it. Dooby doo, dooby doo. Oh no, I forgot it's banned. And I can't afford the royalties. Bye.
1: Planning for your next trip?